Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. The pandemic has exposed many of the inequalities and economic hangups that were perhaps easier to ignore pre-COVID, but it has also opened up the door to change in a way that we've never really thought about, how the economy functions. We've seen the rapid adoption of remote working, but employment opportunities, for example, for women, have dropped significantly. So where do we go from here? Earlier this month, the Public Policy Forum hosted a virtual summit in Vancouver aimed at addressing many of these questions, especially with regards to Canada's digital competitiveness. Our guest today is Edward Greenspawn. He is president and CEO of the Public Policy Forum think tank. He's also a member of the Coalition for a Better Future. Ed, thanks for joining us on the show today. It's good to be here with you, Tyler. So the Vancouver Growth Summit Roundtable uh, that you guys just held, uh, it was focused on building digital momentum in this post-pandemic economy that we're looking towards. So tell me first, what was the goal of these uh, first few roundtables that you folks are holding across the country, That uh, what, the goals that you folks uh, want to pursue now? Well, you know, from a public policy forum point of view first, uh, we have been putting together growth summits for about five years now. And I suppose the major purpose of these is to say, um, we want to get beyond 2% growth in Canada, 2% real growth. There's a feeling that that's um, a point at which we're stuck a little bit when the last federal budget sort of was predicting 1.9% growth. So we said, how to get beyond 2%? And what are the social and economic determinants of growth that make a difference? And can good policy um, swing higher growth uh, and growth that's distributed well for all people. So that's the uh, that's the overall objective here. Of course, as you say, the pandemic has changed a lot of the um, uh, variables that uh, that we had. And at the same time now, there's a coalition that's come together, groups chaired by Anne McClellan and Lisa Raid, a former liberal and conservative cabinet minister. And I'm I'm part of that group. So we are trying to come up with a formula, a plan uh, for really inclusive growth at a time of change. And when I say change, you know, there's the pandemic, but there's technological changes, climate changes, geopolitical change. Uh, there's a lot going on. When you talk about inclusive growth, you know, maybe kind of some people might have some trouble kind of picturing what that might mean in their minds. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you define inclusive growth. Well, you know, everybody should be able to participate in uh, in 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 growth and in 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 the labor market if they want to be the labor market, in the fruits of uh, of productivity uh, uh, improvements we have, and the fruits of uh, digital. So, you know, one example which we saw exposed a lot during the pandemic, as we all became much more reliant upon digital, is that digital didn't go everywhere. And it certainly didn't go everywhere with the same kinds of uh, reliability or the same kind of uh, upload and download capabilities. Uh, it didn't go to remote areas well. Uh, there was access problems for people uh, uh, with income issues or with two, or many people living, sharing a household because of uh, perhaps housing issues. So, uh, you know, we've got to make sure in the society that everybody has the chance to participate. And that's what I mean by inclusive. Yeah, because I guess the concern is we might have growth, but it's going to be very uneven. Uh, we're going to be uh, pushing away other people just with regards to their access to uh, kind of whether it's internet, uh, digital. How are, from your perspective on the outside, how are Canadian businesses adapting 
to this need to be more digitally competitive, especially when we consider that as borders open up, there's going to be a lot more movement back and forth internationally. There's going to be a lot more, you know, international competition. We're not just going to be relying on kind of domestic services as much as we have over the last year and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would take that from two ends of the uh, of the of the supply chain, in some ways, if you will. The first would be the digital infrastructure behind our system, and uh, that's you know where our broadband comes from, et cetera. And it's um, not yet where we want it to be as a country. The world's moving from a four G world to a five G world. Enormously more capability in 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 the five G world, greater speed. Um, you can do surgery remotely in the five G world, and in four G world, you wouldn't want to do that because if you lose, uh, you know, if you get a pause like you get on Zoom, you don't want to have that happen in an operation. Uh, so 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 we got to get our digital infrastructure right, and we got to get it right in two ways. It has to be faster. We got to move to be competitive into a. Uh, a system that is, uh, you know, up to date or ahead of uh, uh, the rest of the world. We don't want to be the laggards when it comes to 5G, and we have to be fairer. We have to make sure that it is available uh, uh, to everybody. And you know, there might be 10 or 20 or 30 households in Canada that are so off the grid that it can't go there. But you know, 99.9% of them uh, need to have that. And then on the other end. Uh, you know, we have, you know, the point that you started the question with, which is digital adoption. We don't have good digital adoption in Canada. We have a very high proportion of uh, small, medium enterprises in Canada, and, and many of those have not become uh, uh, sufficiently digital. Uh, you know, we were way behind in e-commerce, and we saw, you know, um, business people saw a huge, uh, uh, you know, spike in the need to catch up there but even our large um retailers were not were not where they should have been so the pandemic both showed us the need to uh to be better and to be you know at the top of the world in this uh and it's also i think given everybody a little bit of a, a poke that you know they have to work hard to get there our our spending on software is below many of our competitors our ownership of intellectual property is below. Our digital adoption is below. You know, those are all areas that we have to move on. If I might uh, uh, dig into a little bit about when, uh, what went on at the roundtable, um, are you able to share some of the insights or is that kind of being, uh, uh, you know, kind of closed-lipped at this point? Um, what are people saying uh, as we move forward with these roundtables that you guys are facilitating? Well, I, I, I think the themes that, you know, come up are the themes that we're talking about in a sense, both being competitive and, 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 and trying to get ahead uh, and, and also making sure that, you know, everybody can be, uh, uh, can be in this, you know, and that there's a big role for partnership between government and, uh, and private sector. There's, you know, almost back to a kind of industrial strategy model where we are, you know, as we did when we built the infrastructure for the physical economy. And of course, we still have a physical economy and it's still a very important part of our economy, goods. But, you know, we built an infrastructure, we built a port in Vancouver, we built a tra transcontinental railway, we built a sea, uh, a seaway uh, in uh, central and eastern Canada. So now we got to be doing the same kinds of things on, on the telecommunication side and and in digital but i must say also you know 
you know, just because our discussions take us as well to life sciences. You know, I spent a lot of time going, what has a pandemic really changed? And there's a number of things that it really changed. And then there's a number of things that it sort of changed. But among the things that it really changed is we saw the incredible value of a world that is much better at the health life sciences in terms of getting mRNA vaccines and getting vaccines developed quickly. And we saw how reliant we are on digital and we need a, a digital workforce with digital investment. I mean, that is a big part of both the public services we receive and the private economy in which we live. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see all this unfold. We've got some big biotech firms that have really emerged during the course of the pandemic, but they need the supports. And I think a lot of that comes down to policy. Do we have cohesive policy moving from you know different provinces, from the federal government as well? Or do we need to have something um, that is a little bit more unifying, no matter the jurisdiction that companies might be operating here in Canada? Well, you know, I, I, I'm always a bit um, uh, prone towards the unifying side. It is a federation, though, and, you know, powers uh, lie in different places uh, for things. But we want to be able to communicate, you know, east-west. This has always been a challenge of Canada to move people, to move goods, and to move information. Today, we move information um, digitally. And, and so... You know, we need to intertie, just like we need to intertie an electricity better in this country if we're going to electrify in a time of, uh, of, of climate change. We also have to do the same thing with our system. So one of the things that's different about 5G from 4G, and there's many, many more antennas and sensors that need to be out there, uh, smaller, but, but in, in, in multiple locations. So this is incumbent upon... Um, municipalities to uh, uh, ease the way for that to happen. It's incumbent upon uh, perhaps telephone companies and and you know transportation companies. You know we need these little towers uh, uh, all over. So you know many many participants have to figure out how to cooperate, or else you know some greater power has to. Um, you know, force that uh, on them in the way that I guess somebody sometimes forces land uh, uh, purchases and acquisitions for highways. Do you think that Canada's just sheer size, like the the, the area of uh, the country, it, it's a bit of an impediment to say the deployment of that infrastructure that we need? I, I recall visiting uh, Seoul, South Korea. I was in a, a Samsung office. They're talking about the deployment of 5G there. It was right before the pandemic. And well, I, I mean, it's, it's a very small country with a very large population. Canada, a uh, very big country with a, a relatively small population. Is that going to be one of the impediments uh, moving forward in order for us to keep up? And does that mean we're going to have to require a lot more investment just dollars wise moving forward? Well, you know, it does, you know, uh, so it's always been a big country. Uh, and we've conquered it. Uh, I spent some time living on the prairies in my life. And, you know, the settlers who came there uh, to break the land and turn it into one of the great agricultural powerhouses in the world, uh, they had to defy the odds of, 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 you know, no roads and snow, snow, snow. And, and we have, you know, defied those odds as a country. So I don't think that's an impediment. I think that's just part of uh, the nature of Canada and it's probably made us uh, hardier and more innovative in response to it. I think, though, uh, and this is, you know, a great thing, you know, Canadians have decided they want to be ambitious in terms of being among the top countries in the world. 
and ambitious in a whole bunch of different ways. But, you know, we have the 10th largest economy in the world. We don't have the 10th largest um, population. We have a you know relatively high uh, GDP per capita. It's been stalled for many years, and that's a problem that we have to work on in this entire uh, agenda of the Coalition for a Better Future. How do we, you know, how do we get that unstuck and how do we make sure, as we talked about earlier, that everybody could participate in it? So I don't think size, I think size is part of the equation of being Canada. We've been good at addressing that. And, uh, and so I don't see it really as a, I see it as something to manage. I don't see it as an obstacle. Well, maybe I'll leave you off with this because I, I think about what we can learn from other countries and maybe Canada is, it's a unique country. Every country is, and we like to think about like solutions that we can come up on our own to address our very unique issues. But do you think we should be looking to what's been going on in other nations as they strive towards this kind of digital trans transition at, at a very rapid pace? Like what can, and how should we be looking to other countries solutions? Well, you know, uh, uh, other countries, some other countries have better digital adoption, for sure. Canada's always been, uh, uh, for many, many years, a laggard in terms of research and development, uh, particularly from the private sector. So that's something that, uh, uh, you know, as the knowledge economy becomes more important, as um, the factors of competitiveness become more intangible, you know, whether that's data or whether it's intellectual property or, or, or many other elements rather than factories, whether it's human capital, people who make such a great uh, um, difference to, you know, how well nations function or not. I, you know, I think we do have to look outward. I think uh, we have to look outward, you know, how we educate ourselves, how we educate ourselves digitally, you know, but, you know, people want to look at Canada too. I mean, uh, Canada has been, has a great record on immigration. Canada has um, uh, one of the better records in the world of um, having people attend post-secondary education and get through post-secondary education. We have a pretty big uh, gap in losing people at the end of high school and going into post-secondary education. So there's a gap there. And we're not as good at graduate studies and PhD studies as other countries. So absolutely, we've got to, you know, uh, the economy of, uh, of that we live in now and increasingly in the future will be driven by skills and training and education. And, you know, we've got to see where we're good and uh, double down on that and where we're lagging and, you know, learn from those other countries uh, that you mentioned. Okay, well, now I promise this will be my last question. I, I, I appreciate your time so much, Ed. But uh, on that note, how are we doing in terms of immigration and, and attracting the talent that's needed for us to be successful in terms of this digital transition, this digital adoption, making sure that we can have progressive immigration policies that are bringing in people and keeping up with uh, the growth, keep uh, pushing economic growth forward? Like, is Canada doing well versus other competitors? Uh, it, it's It seems like a bit of a different world when you look to maybe the United States or the United Kingdom right now. Yeah, look, if we compare ourselves to the United States, uh, we don't have the same level of dynamism of, uh, of business creation, of capital uh, being available at all stages of the development uh, um, curve. Uh, um, you know, the United States is, is, is quite extraordinary in being inventive and being innovative. And, and, and Canada, you know, has been doing, you know, better on the score. And I, you know, I think we see a lot of um, great Canadian companies growing, but then we tend to abandon them 
more quickly than other countries might. We sell out, we exit while it's uh, uh, while there's some money on the table to be made. And often when we exit, we part with the intellectual property, which is really, um, it's kind of like real estate intellectual property. You know, you keep collecting rents on it if you hang on to it. You keep being able to sell it to more and more people. It's actually even better than real estate because you don't run out of housing units and intellectual property. More and more people uh, can use it. So therefore, we need to revisit a whole set of suite of policies for this um, intangibles economy that we're in, you know, whether that be foreign investment policies or, or you know, or competition policy, whatever it might look like. We, we need to, you know, think about it again. And we need to concentrate, I think, on being competitive. You know, when it comes to telecommunications, for instance, you know, all of the public discussion is around the size of somebody's cell phone bill. And I think it's true that the size of someone's cell phone bill has tended in past years particularly to be uh, higher in Canada than it is in the United States. Maybe that's also a product of not having uh, as many people and having more geography. But those gaps have narrowed and where we don't pay enough attention saying, okay, how are we going to have a system that is going to enable people to create um, new businesses or to receive the best of public services or to um, be a community, you know, to the best of the ability of the technology of the day. So, you know, I'd like to see our, our policies and our leaders and uh, others in society concentrating a little bit more on the potential to be better than, than um, uh, fixating only on, you know, the cost today. I, I totally follow you. I, I, I cover the tech beat for the paper, and these are a lot of the issues that I'm just hearing from the business community as well. So it seems as if everybody is kind of on kind of the, the same page that we want to be able to do this successfully, and it's a matter about how we do it, um, not if we do it. But um, Edward, uh, I, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. That is Edward Greenspawn. He is president and CEO of the Public Policy Forum. That is it for the show today, but we will be back soon. In the meantime, you can go to BIV.com. More stories, interviews, podcasts, videos, they're all there. I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.